group fan with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome everybody to our daily gun show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight and we talk about guns for an hour. And we've got people jumping in from the gunchannels.com community. And we've got people jumping in from all over the place. So we've got Al jumping in from Texas. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Ballistics jumping in from Georgia. Long yep. time to see. Thanks to have Good to see you back. Thanks for hosting. You bet. Dead Horse up in Utah. Were you just saying it was two degrees below zero this morning? Yep. It's, it's cold as hell. <laughs> Well, hopefully we're keeping you warm by uh, keeping you moving. Then we got Gary jumping in from Kansas. Hey, thanks for the invite. You bet. Thanks for jumping in. Dano jumping in from Illinois. Yep, I was reminded that I'm glad to be alive, so thank you, Al, for that encouragement. <laughs> got Night Strike joining from South Carolina. Yep, thanks for the invite. Always. And then Woods jumping in from Pacific Northwest or, I guess, Washington. Thanks for the invite, G. Always. I'm down here in Arizona, and what do we got? Two, four, six. There's room for two more. There's a bunch of links out there. So this is a conversation that we have each night about guns. And ideally, we keep it off of politics so that we're not just re reiterating some of the uh, stuff that gets disseminated from big media. And we try to uh, amplify new media efforts and be part of the new media. So people that are... Uh, in the text chats out there are part of the show and normally on thursdays we talk about training or uh, ccw topics but uh, we've got a bunch of people in here today i'm sure we can just throw it up with that and see where do we want to start this one okay dead air didn't expect that it's like one of them trust falls and i just hit the ground well i've been looking for a new carry gun so there you go what do we got <coughs> Well, I think it's the 43. This was my main pick for a while. I used to carry my 34, my Glock 34. I sold it recently because I wasn't shooting it. It was just too big that I wasn't carrying it. So uh, if I can get a 43, and then uh, you know the 43X came out. I don't know about that yet. I'm not wait see how that does or see if that drops the price of a regular 43 and, and do that. That's quite a change in footprint. Yeah, yeah it is. You don't care about the single stack part of it? No, not around here. And then, uh, well, you're just like that, that slim part of it attracts you? Yeah. 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 I also have a 43 as well as a couple other of the block, blocky glocks. And uh, for depending on how, how you dress, the 43 can really fit in nice when, you're, when it's like really hot or you need to dress a slightly different way than what you normally dry, you know, dress. Yeah. One thing so, I'll be places like church too, you know, I can wear it underneath the dress yeah. or whatever. It's it's real. I mean, I've worn it to uh, you know par parties. I've worn it to all places that you know normally I I, I would be hesitant to carry in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't have a forty three anymore, but I've got a forty two, and people don't notice it. Yeah, mm -hmm. very, very very similar guns, forty two, forty three. They don't notice my Glock twenty six that I carry every day. Even with a 15-round mag in it, I got a 19 mag in it. 
people don't notice I don't, anything. I don't think people even noticed my 34 when I was carrying an appendix, but I definitely noticed it. <laughs> the, yeah. the average person doesn't, they yeah. don't even know that another person is standing there, let alone whether they have a gun under their shirt. They don't notice anything. Yeah, I I always carry in uh, uh, summertime. I normally carry my twenty six. In the wintertime, I carry my nineteen. And then the forty three mm-hmm. can be any time of year if I have to dress a little different. Yeah, forty three would probably be my year round carry gun. But I was talking other well, off air chats about I didn't think about getting a ten millimeter um, when I go out hunting and stuff like that. What, what I like about the little single stacks is if you get a a little slim inside the waistband holster, you can. Put it back there in the four o'clock position, and and no one will notice it for real. Even if they're looking, they're not going to notice one of those little single stacks inside the waistband. Outside, you know, they may still notice, but inside, yeah. nope, it goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a situation where nobody's going to be touching you, like like little kids coming up to you say, "Oh, Uncle Morty," <laughs> you know that sort of thing. You guys think the 43X is going to be similar in price point to the 43 when it came out or a little bit more? I would think it'll probably be the standard Glock, 500 bucks. Yeah. Well, the 43s were like what? I don't know what they were when they came out, but I know they're like around 430, 450. Yeah, they were a little less, aren't they? Yeah. Which I think is a little overpriced, but I mean, it's not that much. It's like 50 bucks, but I think it should be more like 375, 400. And the 43X did make a lot of sense to me since there's already pre existing. Uh, mag extensions to carry one or two or three more rounds if that's what you want for the 43 and the 42 so the 43x is kind of like what was the point yeah it's kind of like an afterthought it's, it's like only if people like me maybe who don't even have a 43 yeah so. for a problem that's already been solved right because that's what i was gonna do i was just gonna get 43 with extensions and i may still do that if the 43x will drop and, prices on 43 and then wh- why the hell they decided to change the type of magazine configuration is beyond my comprehension what they do? Uh, you cannot take a 43X magazine and put it in a 43. Yeah, because it's like a stack and a half. Right. Yeah, because they're trying to get those extra rounds. They don't like the fact that SIG beat them as far as mag capacity. They hate it. So you figure oh. that's because people buy, you know, like based off the metric or like perception, I got to have this many rounds? Or do you think? Like, well, the- that, that, 365, everyone compares it in size to the Glock 43 because that's roughly what size it is. And then there's always the but, and and it might as well be in bold print, they say, but it holds 10 rounds where the Glock holds six. And that's that's a big deal. And I think that finally it wore on them and they they had to make something because they they gave up that that slot. They had it for a little while. Mm -hmm. That 43 being like, it was kind of like the go-to small nine millimeter. It was like kind of the standard and the SIG is now the standard as far as what's popular now. And they kind of, uh, they caused them to do something different. Whether it makes a difference. I don't know. Niche, for that single stack niche, mm-hmm. I would agree with you. My well, buddy, uh, who is not, not really a SIG fan. And he was looking at that 365 was looking at it. And, and he called, he called me, asked me if anybody had one. My buddy of the gun shop over here had one and they, he gave him a good price. He zipped over and got it, and he told me, he said, it's a game changer. He said, it's just, it shoots very good, and it holds, you know, with the because it, it comes with a 12-round mag, too. You know, so now you're in a, essentially a single-stack gun that holds up to 12 rounds. You're uh, like, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of firepower in a very small package, so. 
yeah, pretty cool. This league definitely caught my eye too. It was just the problems they've been having with it. it was the only thing keeping me from seriously considering buying one. But yeah, it is a game changer. So I don't really pay attention to when you guys talk about little tiny guns. Obviously, I don't pay attention to little nine millimeter guns and the different like differences between them all because I'm not in the market, right? So this is my chat, so I'm listening a little bit more than you would. Um, let me ask it since I'm like basically oblivious. I know that they've started making smaller, narrower guns to compete with each other, and I'm assuming people keep buying them, so they keep making them. But uh, has somebody made like a pretty like a just a quick bullet point type of video to explain the evolution? Because the last I really paid attention, the 26 was the small gun. Has there been something to start talking about like the evolution of the different brands and the competition between them, and then just kind of make it all bullet points and easy to deal with? Well, I mean, the I single stacks have gotten very, very popular. The little single stacks and stack and a halves. You know, where they just offset them slightly, but they get like three more rounds in a mag, but they're not quite as wide as a 26. They're, they're kind of in between. They've, they have figured out a little bit. I'm thinking back to like the forum days when it was different guns. Obviously, they were 25s probably and 32s, and they would take like pictures of them in real size because these were small guns. They could put them in real size, but then they would like superimpose them over each other, and everybody would start to you know get into all the minutia about which one has a sight that might snag on something or which one is a little bit wider. And I'm just wondering if somebody's done that with the modern little narrow nines so that if I was interested, I could just, you know, get them all and figure them out quickly without having to watch all different kind of videos like on SIG and on Glock and on whoever else is making them. I don't think anybody's done anything like that. Yeah, I've not seen anything. I think it would be uh, incredibly informative to have something like mm -hmm. that, but I've not seen it. Okay. Comparing them in, 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 you know, one shot to the next or put them overlaying each other, I think that would be good because... That, that resource isn't out there for people. Yeah. You know, including, you know, uh, like an officer size uh, uh, 1911 that's supposed to be very small. Yeah, exactly. Like to me, I, that's where the single stack, you know, small guns really started of significant capacity or significant caliber, excuse me. I understand what you guys are talking about. I mean, I know guns. I know it, you know, I've shot similar enough guns. I pretty much know what you're talking about, but I can, and, but I see it as just a bunch of vegetable soup when you guys are talking. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not absorbing it. So I'm assuming somebody who's coming into it without having any, uh, whatever, um, experience with guns, they're probably seeing it the same way. And that might be a way for them to figure out, okay, if I buy something in this realm of the chart or whatever, then, you know, now I'm buying something in the caliber or the, the width or the capacity that, you know, I'm really looking for instead of having to figure out like what every Glock is, then what every SIG is. Cause everybody's repeating effort with that, right? Trying to, cause SIG isn't any better than Glock coming up with numbers, right? They don't mean anything about the gun, right? Right. All right. Well, there's a pause. I was going to ask uh, ballistic you used to do, and I'm guessing you're probably going to go back to doing some competition shooting at some point. But I don't I remember what it was he did. You may have just stepped away from the mic. Oh, okay. Well, it applies to anybody who's done any kind of competition or planning to do any. Um, now that you're talking these narrow, small, I would call them pocket nines. I don't know how you guys are carrying them. But uh, 
would you ever go to a competition just and shoot that small gun that you're actually carrying? But instead of going to a competition and shooting like, you know, typical competition guns, bigger gun, shooting something small just to get some experience. I think they in like IDPA, don't they offer like a backup gun class? Yeah, it's a like, bug class. I know it's easier in IDPA, but you know, there's always there's like some sub competitions or you know non national level competitions where like a range will do like a backup gun class or something or a competition. Oh, silence, everybody. I'm not sure what your question was exactly. Oh, I was asking if you would consider taking a class or a competition, going to a, a shoot and shooting the small gun that you actually carry, the little narrow nine, as opposed to like the big double stack 40 or whatever knocks down steel better. Well, I mean, uh, if anybody's going to spare the expense and the time to take a class, they should take the, the, the firearm that they actually oh, carry, not, not the one that sits in the safe. Not a class, sorry. A competition. Like if you're. Oh, okay. If they're going to IDPA or IPSC, are they going to take an actual gun that they might carry, you know, to get some experience shooting that gun in some scenarios? I think the problem with shooting it in competition would be mag capacity. Unless everyone was relegated down to a small mag, like you'd be stuck with in a, in a backup gun, yeah. I think it would, uh, that would probably be the determining factor. As far as shooting it, I mean... So, it, it's it's would would you want to go compete against somebody with a with a a larger gun with a with the sights being further apart and the sight radius and and a larger capacity? No, I don't think you would at all. But if it was yeah. apples to apples, yeah, the 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 the, uh, the mag capacity is going to get you because if you have to shoot a certain amount of rounds, you don't want to have to do five mag changes when somebody else could do four or three. Oh, yeah, I, did. I guess I just assumed you'd take a hit in points. I guess that's sort of the reason I was asking, is it worth taking the hit or taking like a different, going to a different competition and just not caring about the points just to get the scenarios? Because yeah. I, mean, I think that EPA, the scenarios are like you're washing your hands and then something happens and you got to come out of the stall. Like, you know, they have some actual moving around and drawing from, you know, alternate ways and stuff. But how many rounds do you shoot? I honestly don't pay attention. I'm one of these guys. I just show up for IDPA matches whenever I did them back in the day. And I wouldn't, I would intentionally barely listen to the commands. And then I would just run with my normal carry setup. So it was just really for me just to run a scenario. So I don't, I mean, I have my normal extra mag in my gun. So I don't even, I mean, I'm sure it was at the bottom of the things because I would go slow and I'd sucked at it and I wasn't good at shooting stuff. But it's excellent training. Yeah, and I think that probably the other guys got mad at me. Like, they probably didn't like me because I'm not anywhere near as fast as them. And, I mean, at least I uh, tape targets and stuff, you know. At least I carried my weight that way, I think. All right, well, that was a couple of topics I had. Any other training or uh, CCW topics? Got a bunch of people in here. Actually, I have a question since it is kind of the beginning of the year and uh, a lot of people have been talking about things they plan on doing in this coming year. Is there anybody that uh, either is planning on uh, or or would like to take a particular class uh, during 2019? And if so, what is it? I just signed my daughter and me up for intro to handguns uh, because she really, I mean, she's my stepdaughter. She hasn't really shot. I just bought her a gun for Christmas. So 
figured I'd at least start there. And I, I asked this question in other chats, and I think it's a really good idea for her to learn um, some firearms from not not her dad. I, I think that's an excellent idea. Yes. And it's not that you couldn't teach her, but you just said it right there at the end from someone that's not her dad. Because yeah. women, and sometimes women, kids will just put up a, a wall and not listen, but they would listen to the exact same thing for somebody else. And it's not just kids, it's also a wives uh, mm -hmm. who, who they, they just, if they hear it from a stranger, they'll believe it. They hear the same thing from their husband or their dad, and they never heard it before. <laughs> and then you're there learning the same info, and, and you don't act like you don't know, but you're just like, oh, well, you know, that's a good point. And then, then you guys are learning together, and it's all, it just sinks in 100%. Yeah, because it's, it's more important that they get the information than, than me getting credit as a teacher. Yep. And then when they go out there and they, they realize that, oh, you know what, this is fun. This is pretty, you know, this is good. And then they, next thing you know, you might have a shooting buddy that wants to go to the range with you. Yeah, that's the goal. I'm trying to get her into it, but not give her pressure because, you know, kids like as soon as the, the dad wants them to do it, then sometimes they don't want to do that. I want her to choose it. It's like no big deal. If you like guns, you can have any guns you want. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yep, it, it, it's just like anything else. I mean, I got a my youngest boy plays baseball, and I ask him every every season because they they haven't done anything since Thanksgiving. I said, "Well, you know, practice starts Friday night." I said, do, do, "I said, do you want to play this year?" He's like, "Yep," you know, because you don't want to force them, but you also you want to encourage them. It's kind of a it's kind of a tightrope, you know, because you don't if once you force something on somebody, then they just back up and don't want to do it at all. So. It's yep. the same thing with the shooting. Let me give you every opportunity. Let me, let me talk you into coming and doing this class. I mean, we're going to have fun. I mean, you might have to talk them into doing that because a lot of times they're, they're just apprehensive because they're worried that it's no matter how much you say it's going to be entry level, they always think it, that, you know, we're going to have to do things that I can't do and they don't want to be embarrassed. And, and it, it doesn't matter how much you tell them that it's going to be very basic. They're going to think that. And that would, that's a good way to, to get them into it without you forcing them you know, or pushing it on them. So anybody else uh, have anything necessarily planned for 2019 in regards to training? Nate says uh, he's thinking in 2020 to go to Valor Ridge and Bayer Solutions. Mm-hmm. What's Bayer uh, Solutions? Chicken the outside. Sorry, go ahead. What's Bayer Solutions? I don't, I have not heard of it. Anybody else then? Uh, I have no idea. idea. Go ahead. I was just saying no idea. Oh, uh, hopefully, uh, I'll be able to take a emergency action medical class uh, I'd like to take this year. I don't know if it can happen or not, but that's if I do take a class, that is going to be the class. What are those run? What, what class? Emergency action medical, they're typically two days long. Immediate, uh, immediate action medical or something like that. Right. Sometimes, sometimes there's variations of that name. So it's uh, like a trauma class? Yes. Uh, I think that's shots, an excellent idea. Uh, burns, uh, lacerations, um, whether they're extremities or collapsed lung, airway I, obstructions. I, I've, I've been to that exact class you're describing twice. 
over here on the in the East Coast. They they call it a and it's sponsored by the National Guard. It's a tactical emergency casualty care class. I highly suggest it. You are going to really understand how important some of this stuff is and getting it stopped quick. You, I, that's an excellent class to go to, especially if you shoot. Excellent. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I've heard it, and 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 I and I guess I'm kind of viewing it is if we're going to take upon us the responsibility of potentially making holes, we ought to take upon the responsibility of being able to help if in the on the other side of the equation after it's over and provide that that immediate help to until the true professionals arrive and can truly uh, apply the tools that we don't necessarily have on us. Well, I think it. I think the better benefit would be if what if ha something happens while you're at the range, or at or, the mall, or if it's if you're the victim of if you're the person that solves it, and you've had to shoot someone. I don't know about necessarily a rendering aid. You do what you have to do, but you have to make sure they're not a threat. But I would concern be more concerned about my fr friends or family or innocence. Than I would. Right. You know, you, you may not be in necessarily even be involved in that portion of the fight. Let's say you're involved in the after portion because you were at the other okay. end of the hall when okay. you go boom. Okay. I got, I got you now. But I think Dan was also saying the training and the knowledge is something that applies in a car wreck or in a just a it, it absolutely does. Yes. And they're getting that out to school now. Just look up Stop the Bleed. You can just search well, those well. words. It's sponsored by Homeland Security. And they're trying to get this training out there. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but they're getting this out there to schools. To they don't want to think about them being the victim of a of some sort of mass casualty situation, but they could be. And now, what are you going to do? Most of these people that that get harmed in a in a shooting or something of that nature, they slowly bleed to death. Slowly, All right. All right. where a tourniquet, even with the the least amount of training can dramatically raise the chances of survival. Hold on. Even right. if you do it wrong, All right, even if on. you do it wrong, if you do it right, your odds of surviving. Stop, stop, stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Yes. All right. We're going into mansplaining and I'm not going to allow it. So I'm a, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The host. I also was a nationally registered P, uh, EMT back in the day. And, We've got a lot of stuff that we're talking about here. So uh, I guess I'm going to go backwards. When you're talking about Stop the Bleed, I can't agree more. I recommend going to Stop the Bleed. I cannot disagree more that you should use anything about a mass murder at a school to talk about it. It has nothing to do with that. If it applies, that's awesome. But it has a much bigger application in the world. And that is that you have three ways you can die from lack of air, lack of blood, all right, and the other mm -hmm. stuff. So blood is the main one. And a tourniquet is definitely not the first thing you need to worry about. The first thing you can do is apply direct pressure, and then you can pack a bleeding wound with lots of things, and a tourniquet is a third resort. But it's only applicable on an extremity, and, and there's lots of other wounds. Uh -huh. you can get. Stop the bleed is going to teach them how to stop the bleeding by direct pressure and packing a wound and then a tourniquet, but it's going to empower them to know how to stop someone from bleeding, which in the movies uh -huh. they either joke about or they exaggerate it, it's as bad as anything who, be with guns. Who was joking? Huh? I wasn't joking. No, I know. But you got into tourniquets, and I didn't want to leave it with just as if tourniquets was the first option or the only option. It was. No, 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 no. I, I, if I said that, I didn't mean to. 
but it, no, it, it, it there's a lot of training. Stop, stop. It was just omission, and I wanted to include the direct pressure and the packing the wound because that's literally all that the, the stop the bleed class is. And like you said, it's free. You can not only go to one, you can organize one, you can initiate one and be part of teaching other people. And it's definitely as good as going to CPR. You can get stuck with a knife or fall off of something and get injured. You know, a, a penetrating wound is, uh, you know, has nothing to do with gunshot. So I don't think there's any reason. And in fact, I would suggest there's probably reason not to bring up anything about guns because guns are just one of the things that with rifles, less than 300 bullets perforate a person. We know that uh, to, to lethally. There's a whole bunch of accidents, but lethally 300 times a year. When we're talking blunt instruments and fence posts and, and rocks and stuff, we're talking about many multitudes more. So let's not scare anybody or bring guns even into it, but let's say that it's definitely great information to, to empower people with, and uh, the Stop the Bleed is a good one. So let's keep going backwards from that. Um, Dana was talking about going to a first aid class and then we got to stop the bleed. Totally different things. If you're talking about going to a trauma class, I would... He was talking about going to the casualty care. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, the trauma, like immediate action medical, a trauma class as opposed to a, like a Red Cross uh, first aid class or even a Red Cross uh, wilderness first aid, which are going to be completely different focus. Uh, trauma first aid, or like the one you were talking about with the military or police, are going to be, uh, you know, immediate, and they're going to be mostly bleeding. They're not going to worry too much about airway, other ways to open the airway, and they're definitely not going to get into like, uh, you know, things past uh, sh shock because they're about immediate stuff where you got ambulances on the way and stuff. Uh, some of those are good, and some of those touch the edges. And that's all I'm going to leave it with is that do your homework, and depending on what level you want to get into it. There are some that can go farther than what I've experienced with paramedic or with EMT school. And uh, there's some of them that talk about a bunch of stuff, but there's a huge difference. Think about if someone just talked to you about shooting a rifle and then another class included shooting a rifle and getting some feedback from the shots that you got to fire. There would be such a difference in those two classes. I want you to understand that there's that big a difference in some first aid classes. Some of them will tell you a bunch of stuff and some of them, some of them will make you deal with the stuff in a real way, the same way that a really good um, fighting pistol class will make you question if you really want to take on the responsibility of carrying a firearm. A really good medical class will make you think hard if you really want to jump up and say you're qualified. It'll challenge you to, to your skills instead of just encouraging you that you can do more than you might be able to. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there with medical because I think it's important. So often we just talk about classes as if they're all the same. And I just happen to have some insight there that first aid classes are tremendously different. I've experienced quite a few, not as much as my firearms classes, but the, from what I've experienced, some of them, again, are frosting. And some of them are just, almost, like I say, even more in-depth in the places that it need to be than EMT classes. All right, that's my soapbox on, on tactical training or on immediate action medical. But I think Dano's got a good point that uh, it's worth taking. Does anybody else consider taking it at all? You're usually talking, like you said, two days and hundreds of bucks. Do we get a how much how much that runs or like what the price breakdown for the different classes are, Dano? Uh, I've seen classes uh, run from uh, about five hundred dollars for two days. I've also seen. Uh, 
classes that are only one day, but I think they can obviously only get into so much actually hands-on, let alone explaining within one day, that are, are, are lower in price. So it, it, it depends on, on how deep into the pool you're looking to get and how much, obviously, time and, and money you have available to put towards it. And you don't necessarily have to go to the deep end of the pool first time out either. At least in my opinion, I mean, if you just want to test the like I've taken uh, the, the the Red Cross classes, and so I, I know some of what they have to offer, uh, which was you know not I was looking for a much deeper level of, of knowledge and a much deeper level of hands on. That's why uh, I've been looking at classes that I don't have to drive 500 miles to go to that offer a, a good level of depth. So I don't know if that answered your question or not, but. Yeah, it's a great idea. I'd, I'd like to look into it because, I mean, as a teacher, I have to take, well, I take, I choose to take first aid every every other year just because, you know, you need a lot of people that, you know, we got 500 kids and whatnot. But i um, very excited, very, very interested in finding out more, but maybe not all the way down to the 500 level. But, you know, any little bit helps, I think. The uh, Red Cross or whatever used to have a wilderness uh, one or a, uh... I guess it was called wilderness and that would be a little bit more in depth and then like how to splint something as opposed to just how to uh, mobilize it. I wonder if that's currently only offered in certain states because I know that that specifically was not listed anywhere in the state that I'm at. Oh, interesting. Maybe, yeah, if there's no, like that's the kind of thing, like there, how many wilderness areas are there in that area? I'm not sure. But you'd think they'd have it just for general knowledge and people travel obviously i mean i was the only person in my red cost class that was not required to be there for their job um well and then well in the red class red cross classes i've taken in the past there's been like a lot of moms and babysitters and stuff that'll take it just to know stuff Yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate that you know more people don't take those types of of training or education because, and unfortunately, because it is the not sexy, not hot, not cool thing to do. That's why it doesn't necessarily get uh, the the butts in the class that it probably should, as compared to other uh, types of of whiz bang classes. So, besides medical, anybody else got anything else they're looking at on the horizon? So you mentioned Red Cross. Uh, they either are about to start. I, I didn't find it on their website. Um, and I don't have the information in front of me, but they're going to be doing a penetrating wound course, which uh, from, from what, what I remember reading about it, is very similar to uh, something you might to do for gunshots or stabbing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. I'll definitely look into that because uh, when I asked the instructor about uh, gunshots and, and, and they said, no, we don't cover that. Okay, I, then I said, what about severe perfor perforations that go through my arm and out the other end? I mean, I, I was, it was in words, but I that's what I had to do to try to get an answer out of this person. Yeah, this is very recent. Uh, I'm talking like in the past month. 
and, and again, I don't have the information in front of me. I'll uh, I'll try to see if I can find it. Yeah, if you stumble upon that, that'd be great if you could uh, post that over on Gun Channels. Sure. Well, I, if I had time, I would take uh, some training in Java, the scripting that it sounds like at least Android's use for apps and stuff. Try to get a grasp on the, the nuts and bolts of that. Anytime you want to get started. Yeah, I know. I've got a couple of people like Al that are uh, kind of chomping at the bit. Maybe I'll look at any other non-gun stuff like that. Right. Turn back the clock just for a moment, uh, G-Webs. You had a question. I think Caleb might be back now. So I was asking before with that uh, narrow 9mm or whatever end up, you end up getting as far as like a – is it a pocket gun or just belt gun? <clears throat> no, I have a – Raven Concealment makes a, a appendix. Well, I guess you put it anywhere inside the waistband. It's just like a simple trigger guard holster. So I was wondering if you're going to consider taking a uh, gun to uh, shoot any competition with that instead of a competition gun in order to get some experience with the scenarios and stuff. Eh, uh, probably not. I might shoot a still challenge match with it. That's not like courses. That's, you know, just standing still, shooting as fast as you can, hitting all the targets. But uh, I'll probably just shoot it in the backyard mostly. When you were shooting, was it IDPA or IPSC? IPSC. I'm about to start again, hopefully, next month or Mar March. I've been shooting more still challenge, though. I'm trying to balance it between the still matches and the USPSA, IPSC match. That, is that stuff seasonal? No, not here. Just you in and shoot. And then... most, of the shooter, most of the shooters are seasonal, though, like me. Because <laughs> you shoot like crap when you go out and shoot in 30-degree weather, so there's no point. you know. But the matches are just going constantly, and you just jump in and shoot when you can? No, no, you got to be there for registration. It's all set time. Of course, you get a lot of cancellations, you know, in, in January and, and December, maybe even February, depending on the weather. You know, the match directors will cancel the match, but they have them year-round, um, unless it's close to a holiday. So some of them will close for that, too, in December. <clears throat> yeah, I'm about to get my new reloading setup going, hopefully, here in the next few months. And... Uh, shoot consistently again. So I don't know if anybody out there has got any questions to throw out here. Has anybody missed any questions? You guys are talking about life of emergency services. That's always interesting. I don't think we have enough in here. It's just Sarge. Has anybody else ever done any kind of occupation or volunteer anything with having to deal with uh, EMT or paramedic or Police. I just said that because Snob's wife had some uh, some comments there about dispatching and hearing and seeing some things. You definitely on an ambulance. You get to a different level, right? Where it's just you're not like numb, but you just see stuff that differently because you see it every day and at different extremes, right? Yeah, she was talking about working with the EMS and working on an ambulance and seeing some crazy stuff. I haven't done anything. I never really pursued my EMT. I got the 
training because it would help me finish my degree or whatever. And uh, you know, I figured it was an interesting elective. And as I pursued it and did the ride-alongs and stuff, I think those are useful because I figured it wasn't the career I wanted to ha end up with. So uh, I never really worked at it. But when I was a kid, I did have a job where I ended up having to find dead people. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, it's just a whole different thing when you're, you know, I've just never been into like horror movies and stuff, just experiencing that stuff in real life. It's just not appealing to mock it or, I don't know, do you guys get that or is it the other way around? Well, I just, uh, I didn't realize how much these people did. You know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, you're sheltered from it. Like you said, if you're not into that and you're, if you've been fortunate and never had to deal with any of that, when you have to, it's it's an eye-opening experience. Oh, didn't mean to bring the chat down. I guess that was probably a bad road to go down. So uh, they're saying they lost the audio. Is anybody having trouble? We can all hear each other, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Fine. Yeah. I hear you. Being shadow banned on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> No, we can't hear anything on the gun. Anyone have any tips on how to prepare, you know, for the mindset for for an emergency situation? Because you know, let's face it, most of us don't deal with like blood and guts every day, right? That's not our everyday thing, like for the majority of people, right? And it can be pretty traumatizing, even when you're not the one wounded or anything, just trying to deal with, uh, you know. Uh, a gushing wound or something like that, right? Uh, how can you prepare uh, mentally for something like that? What's a good way to, you know, besides all the training where they teach you the techniques and stuff like that on how to deal with that, what about mentally? Well, mentally, there's no way to prepare other than a class like just Dana was taking that takes the scenarios to a little bit different level to make some as realistic as possible and that other than that that's about it seriously i think you know you can learn as much as you can to be comfortable and like understand the various things you might encounter and then obviously experience changes everything but that's tough you can't i don't know well, and, to, and yeah. i've heard of people getting sick or fainting at the sight of blood right just like a little tiny drop of blood they faint and stuff like that like how would you like how do people who have uh, who are squeamish I guess is the word I'm looking for like how how do you how how do you even get people like that to even think about stuff like how would how would they even start to go about it if that's just not their thing if they're really squeamish are you allowed to say go out hunting process the game yeah that's a good idea I mean it's. At least you understand biology if you haven't done it. I think I think part of it is is, is the is the individual psychology of that individual person is being able to take that part of your emotional self, set it aside, do what needs to be done, and deal with that other stuff after afterwards. Being able to take that part. Somebody's getting it. Looks like it's back now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what Dan was saying, you pretty much got to um, compartmentalize. With, Good, I uh, just wanted to ask that question why we were, you know, with okay. no audio. So. Not that you're saying that. So Dead Horse's question was, is there a way to practice for the immediate 
action situation where somebody's bleeding or there's a situation where you have to react quickly, you know, to prevent loss of life. And uh, we didn't have a great answer, I don't think. But that made me think, as Dana was talking, that when I was a kid, I was in scouts. And I don't know how many other scouts are in here. Um, the way the scouts were when I was a kid, you'd be in a troop, and then that troop was in a district, and then the districts were in a state. I think there might have been another level, but basically the troops were in uh, churches or schools or wherever, and they might be, I don't know, 20 kids, let's say. And uh, every once in a while, maybe a quarterly, I guess, the the council, so the maybe a group of like 20 troops would get together, I guess depends on where you lived and how populated the councils were. The council would have a first aid meet. And we would show up as a troop and we'd compete in scenarios with other troops in how we were able to you know, assess and then treat whatever the casualties were. And it wasn't in a really gory way. I mean, it was for kids. And since I don't know if you're familiar with scouts, but you're going to have kids from I don't know how little we were. You know, whenever you got a weeble as you're a little kid and when you're older, you're like almost 18. And, uh, you know, so you've got a range of kids from that age. So the scenarios are appropriate. But they were certainly useful for empowering us to like get used to the concept of having to think on our feet with something that, you know, is kind of, I guess, stored knowledge that you have to bring to bear right real quick. I don't know if anybody's ever uh, done those first aid meets before. I haven't, but uh, you know. A lot of municipalities, county government, city, state, whatever, have uh, mass casualty drills. And uh, they will advertise for uh, victims. That's the only, only thing I can think of, you know, outside of actually taking a course that's somewhat like what you're talking about. I tried to do it one time. No, well, I mean, nobody else was a scout or nobody else ever heard of that or had friends that were scouts that talked about it. I certainly had friends that were scouts that talked about it. Um, but I was in a different organization called the Indian Guides, which was similar to that, but it was, it wasn't as good. I mean, I'm, it was something that just the Catholic church came up with because, you know, being the Catholic kid. Um, but I remember doing first aid as a kid, and I remember they did teach us that you have to make take immediate action. And I think there is a bunch of that stuff that I learned as a kid that I probably still use today. Did any of us learn first aid or anything in school at all? I learned first aid in Explorers, but we we it was taught a little bit differently. We we had a course on basic first aid like the typical like okay if a baby's choking how do you kind of resuscitate resuscitate the baby person is choking how do you what do you do if you have a if you have a wound next to a a vein that's basically can cause you bleeding and die what do you do do you have a belt do you use it and there was another part of the course that we did as explorers was during a scenario a random scenario it could be code nine or traffic stop they they would say okay the the suspect is armed and you get shot in the shoulder you can't you're not able to use your right hand and you're you're right-handed so you what do you do in that situation if you don't have a backup that type of thing 
after we learned that course, it, it was kind of like a two-part series. Explorers are basically like the like um, Boy Scouts, but a different branch, I guess. That's pretty cool. I mean, I guess I'm the most recent one out of the school system like today that we learned zero. <laughs> so. Yeah, for us, it was it was kind of interesting because we would um, after we learned the basics, they would they would tell us, okay, here's a you get shot on the shoulder, you don't have time to respond, you don't have backup. Right now, the the suspect looks like he's gonna run. What do you do? You're you need a, you shot back, so you need a reload. What do you do? Right. You know, like the police explorer programs that like, like local police, uh, all sheriff's offices will do. Yeah, like over here, we, PDs typically do it. The police. Yeah, department. yeah. I mean, they do this around here a lot too. I wish yeah. I would have known about it when I was that age. Cause I, yeah, I, was I did it for four years, and I loved it all of it because basically, they would, they it would be grinder for two hours, then go to class for an hour, and then. Whatever whatever we're learning on that hour in class, we go out and we, you know, put it forward. We 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 do a scenario. So that's what I did. It was cool. I loved it every minute of it. So I don't know if we're even broadcast. Adam says that it's happening nationwide for Hangouts. So yeah, but I've got my phone on and that earphone in my ear and I haven't heard audio in over five minutes. Like I say, it kind of comes and goes. Because we can hear each other, there is the potential possibility that later on after that's fixed, that this is still being recorded, just not rebroadcast back out. Now yeah. it's back. And it's like at real time, like we're saying this and it's happening. It's not catching up or something. Right. Okay. It just kind of cuts out for like five minutes at a time. It so just cut out again. Well, we'll just keep going then, because those as soon as I just renamed the show "First Aid Training Stop the Bleed." So I linked to the uh, organization that Sarge mentioned, Stop the Bleed. So Sarge, you, you've taken one of these courses already. I've taken uh, the Tactical Emergency Casualty Care twice. Right on. Is that anything that civilians can get into? It's sponsored by the National Guard. And some other places put it on individually, and it's not just for first responders. It's because everyone's a first responder in some type of event. I was a couple people that went. One guy was a he ran. He's a volunteer at a, at a shooting range, so that's why he that's why he did it. Because a lot of times they don't realize you you don't have time to wait on help to arrive because and just like we were saying before i mean you could have an incident with a lawnmower with a chainsaw with any type of accident around the house but the, the one thing they're trying to get into schools and that because they've done this recently in our local school system and to stop the bleed in a you know a more larger scale yes the individual but trying to get them in a larger scale which gets people to to realize and they actually open themselves up to the training so no, yes, I have done them, and they're great. Do you think they do that like classroom? They don't do it like in an auditorium. That's like classroom. Well, the 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 tactical emergency casualty care is in and outside. It's in a classroom, and then it's outside where you have to do drills. Where they have um, d they have dummies set up with uh, 
arteries and veins that you have to plug wounds. They have other different scenarios where they they put wounds inside of um, inside of things, and you have to pack it to you to get down to the artery and stop the actual bleeding. You have to decompress the chest. You have to go in between ribs. Of uh, they use animal ribs, but you have to go in between ribs and uh, and deflate a chest. They they um, what is it a, a tension pneumothorax? And, but they they teach you about all that. They expose you to it and give you some good general knowledge that you can choose to go further with. But you could definitely definitely um, help prolong someone's life if if something very unfortunate happened to them until help got there you could definitely do some good yeah i really like that concept of that there's you go to at least from my experience you go to emt school for like six months and a whole chunk of that is stuff that you don't has no applicable use to regular life you know hospital stuff and other things so the nuts and bolts of it come down to, to stuff like you're talking about and you don't need to experience all that other stuff there's not really that much context i mean when you're talking about saving a life you know the the concept of stopping the bleed is uh, all there is, and you know all the other stuff you learn in there is kind of inconsequential because who cares about attorneys and all that when you're an actual first responder, or if it's and your there, and there there's more to it. Just like you said, airway. I mean, if you can't breathe, there's there's no point in any of this. You know, the bleeding is secondary to the airway because what's it matter if you keep all of a person's blood in them if they're not breathing? They're not gonna last very long right there. So there's more aspects to it. That's for sure. So I got a question for you, Serge. I'm, I'm looking, I put, put the link in the side chat uh, at the bleedingcontrol.org um, as a listing of the classes. And it looks like they're all over the, the U.S. for the most part. And this is a, a link that goes to all the classes currently on the schedule for 2019. Is uh, yeah. uh, What sort of things would I not get out of this class in regards to immediate action medical? So I had realistic expectations. This one is what it is. It, it stopped the bleed. The, the first one that you talked about, I don't know what the name of it was, but like I said, the name of the one I went to is the Tactical Emergency Casualty Care. The one that you went to, that you were talking about, mm -hmm. everything you mentioned, they might as well be a mirror of each other. Everything you mentioned is the same thing as in these other classes. This is looks this control the bleed looks like it would be one, um, one small portion of what you would get out of the big class. Right. Versus going into airway obstructions and collapse yeah. lung, and what would be the what would be the the downside to going to both? Absolutely nothing because yeah. this one's free. There's absolutely exactly. nothing wrong with going to a second one. Nothing. Oh no, it's it's advantageous too because it's just like any other kind of training. Once you see how one person approaches it, and then you get to see it from another person's approach, you get to uh -huh. see right. Exactly. And then there's and someone may word something. Someone may think well let me, let me skip through this part where we're we're behind on time or or then another person may deliver it to you in a different way that that sinks in so there's nothing wrong with going to both and there's always the opportunity the students can ask a question that is you know useful and like you said they'll sometimes be in, you'll be in a room of people who they assume know so they kind of skim over and you might not realize mm -hmm. what they <clears throat> i would definitely do both if i had the opportunity to it's weird that they're saying they can only hear one person, and that makes me wonder how they're even streaming this. You know, we all come from different places, so there's got to be a tube coming from each of us to somewhere, right? And then it somehow uses 
YouTube magic to mix us all together. But I assumed once it was all mixed together, it was one stream going out to the end. Hey, G, I just posted a link in the side chat. Yeah. It's a, a Google Hangouts uh, status map, and it's got various areas of the country right now that are having Hangouts issues. So that might explain why you can't hear some people and can't hear others. But still, I'm saying if it was all one stream, then you'd only hear, well, I guess you'd only hear one person because they were talking at a time, like they're hearing portions. I was just, I was just wondering if they're literally running each what of them. What if the other people aren't getting in? Their stream isn't making it to the point to go back out. What I was hearing is when there was various conversations, we were only hearing Dano's responses, which was weird. Yeah, because Chicago seems like here. I'll put this map up on the screen. It looks like uh, Dano's in one of the orange sections. So weird, and I'm in the yellow section. I'm in the I'm in the yellow section. Oh look, they shut us all down. They got Dead Horse. They got Zorro. They got me. They got uh, Gary. Kinda. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got Ballistic. I'm, I'm clear. You got me way up here. Yeah. So the Sarge is the only one skirting out of it. Yeah. You're not near one of these yellow dots? Nope. Okay. Well, I was probably surprised they're not hearing you only. But that's weird. I didn't even know they had a thing. Is this a real Google thing? Mm, it's from a website called downdetector.com. I don't know where they're getting their data from. Well, if you heard it on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> Look, Absolutely. It's a map, Dano, and it's got a bunch of smudges on it. How can they fake that? Yeah, that's funny. Dano just said that, and that his line's the only one that's came through. Everybody else is silent. It's what really are, weird. It's the me? Dano show. <laughs> so, you know, Dead Horse brought up a good point about uh, how do you prepare mentally? And, you know, Sarge rightly pointed out you don't. However, in every class I've been to where that question was asked, the answer was always the same, that your instinct will kick in. Well, that actually happened to me when I did the Heimlich maneuver on a 19-month-old. I was at a friend's house. Um, she had a little toddler, barely walking. The little girl came walking up to us. We're sitting on the couch, and she's pointing at her mouth, and her head's, her face is turning red. Now, her mother's a nurse, right? And she goes, my God, she's not breathing. In an instant, I snatched the little girl up, threw her on top of the heel of my palm, piece of candy goes flying. It was literally over in two seconds. I didn't think about it. It's not something I planned for. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, my instincts just took over. It just happened. Yeah, the same thing happened to my aunt not too long ago. She was in a restaurant and a kid, little toddler, I guess, you know, a little over a year old or something like that, was uh, in its mom's arms. The mom was on the cell phone or something or distracted talking to somebody in the restaurant. And the kid started eating a receipt, like one of those big long receipts, you know, from their cash register. And uh, the 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 mother did not react well at all. My aunt said that she went, "Oh my God, my child!" And that's all she said. My aunt nearly just grabbed the kid, turned her upside down, and you know, smacked her on the back, and out came the receipt. So I guess it just comes down to the top person you are too, you know. Your, 
that when it happened to your aunt that she was choking on a piece of candy as a child and some guy came over. Hmm. Would I interrupt Woods? Oh, are you talking to me? No, he said something about a piece of candy in my aunt. G-Webs. What, am I breaking up? No, the candy was my story. I know, and when Ballistic started saying that the same thing happened to his aunt, I was going to say, I was expecting him to say when his aunt was a little girl, she was sucking on a piece of candy, and then this oh. guy came over. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, now we got to tie it together. Yeah. Did I interrupt somebody there? Was somebody going to say something? No, that was it. I was saying, uh, there are, I guess, all the top people who are going to react. If they're only hearing Al and Dano, you guys should say weird things like a stapler and a pickle or like... No, we're we just started hearing Alan Ballistic, and then we started picking up you two. So I think we're getting everybody in now. So it's working now. Okay, I think so. Okay. Yeah, because I just heard myself come through. So I think we're all we're all on now. You know, one thing you can find out if you're squeamish is you can watch videos of surgeries. It sucks that that it had to go out like that on the time we decided to have the <laughs> big multi thousands of dollars giveaway. So. The winners had to be present. Yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't answer the questions. So it was pretty easy. Hey, y'all missed it. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I'd like to thank everybody for all the firearms. They'll be showing up at my FFL shortly. And greatly appreciated. Y'all have a good 2019. And we'll catch you next year for next year's competition. Daniel just hacks the planet to win all those guns. <laughs> All right, so yesterday or whatever day it was, I asked everybody, price is no object. We're going to have a panel's meetup. And some of these people are in here, and you're going to get to answer again. You don't have to answer the same way. Marco could not grasp the idea of price is no object. So I want to try it again tonight. Price is no object. We're going to have a gun channel's meetup. So as many people, you know, price is no object. As many people can show up as we want, and they can do whatever we're going to do. Al, where are we going? Colorado. Colorado, what's going on? What are we doing there? Well, you know, it's your meetup. You just said, where are we going? <laughs> All right. Ballistic, you got it. Where are we going? Uh, somewhere on um, the East Coast, maybe. Lower East, middle to lower East Coast, or either Arizona. And then what are we doing? Now, Arizona's like the mecca of guns, so there's plenty to do there. Um, but as far as like you're just having a meetup, well, if you're going somewhere like Arizona, you can, you can go hang out with some guys from the website, and go to different museums or whatever, go see gun, go you know to Dillon, for example, they're out there, places like that. Uh, and then you have a range day or something, time at the range. Right on. Edwards, you got to, were you here yesterday? Or whenever we did this? No, no, I wasn't. So where I going? think the obvious answer is that uh, we're going to meet up in Ogden, Utah, and buy John <laughs> Browning's house. And John uh, Browning's house will be the clubhouse. And there's a shooting range just, you know, right up the road from there and stuff. And, you know, plenty of gun stores and music, gun museums. So, yeah. I love it. Ogden, yeah. Utah. Now we're talking. And that's a practical one. The, the house was... You could buy it. It's a, it's for sale, and we kick all them people that squatting in it right now out of there. Does this need to be in the U.S.? No. This okay. is for gun channels. So, Gary, 
going with the same one yesterday or coming up with something different today? No, mine yesterday was pretty boring. I got to come up with something different because everybody thought mine was horrible yesterday. So, <laughs> about a minute. So, I'll go to Dano. And again, I'll remind the people that are listening. Hopefully, you're going to be able to vote on which one we're doing here. So, Dano, what are we doing? I'm going to go for the generic, meaning it doesn't have a name, Tropical Island Paradise, where you fly in on a plane and there are no gun rules or laws, but yet you can have uh, a drink by the pool side, and then the other half of the island is you can have all your gun fun and end up going through the jungles, going down by the beach, sitting by the range, doing whatever you want. I like it. That's my fantasy. Was got money, you can do that in Jamaica. Kind of like Fantasy Island. Fantasy guns. Gun Channel Island. Wasn't there an island in Hawaii that is like it used to be Dole or somebody? And then so it's basically all private land and it's possible if you had enough money to you could just buy that whole little chunk of little island of Hawaii. Or am I crazy? I thought we had that discussion with Z one time. Like other people own, you know, there's multiple owners now, but at some point like Dole or somebody owned the whole little tiny island. Anyway, so would we do it in Hawaii, or is that too expensive to go there? Well, cheaper? you said expense is no object, didn't you? I guess, but it, you know, then I guess we'd have to say <laughs> expense is no object every time somebody wanted to jump to Hawaii and go to experience it. Because then my fantasy island is out, is out of the picture. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. If we put fantasy island in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico somewhere in, like, is Jamaica faster? I don't know. I don't ever go anywhere, so I don't know if it's faster. To, I'm assuming it's faster to go to those. How about summer. the U.S. Virgin Islands? Does that make it a little bit better? Yeah, that's got to be closer than Hawaii, right? I don't know, but whatever, you're right. There's cost no object, so we're just going to get so, either a boat. I always thought it would be cool to get one of them aircraft carriers that are decommissioned. And then just like Yorktown, World War II aircraft carrier? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to have that many airplanes, but we could use it as a shooting range. Yeah. All right, Woods? Were tonight, you here no, I wasn't here yesterday, but tonight I listened to some of the chat, but uh, I'm not going to steal your idea. Um, so I'm going to go with Belize so we can all go duck hunting. That sounds pretty good. Because they're, they've got a huge, they've got a huge amount of ducks and they've got a whole industry and they've got lodges and like really fancy places to stay and shoot. And, and it'll, it's one of my goals in life. What did, what Belize? Belize, one of the Central American countries. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm down with that. I used to have a client that did, uh, uh, what we call it guiding in Central America, and yeah, crazy, crazy hunts down there and fishing. Uh, Gary, you ready, or do you want me to keep going? Uh, I'm gonna go completely off the chart here. Uh, what if we had our own huge charter boat that we could all go out on, and we could go wherever we wanted to with it, and while we're in, you know, in between islands or whatever, we could still shoot off the side of the boat and stuff like that. It'd be virtually nonstop shooting. So we're talking cruise boat size? Like or? a luxury, well, yeah, like cruise boat size, yeah. It's got to have a deck big enough we can shoot off of, because you could do skeet and stuff off the deck and stuff like that. Right on. Uh, where are we at, Sarge? Where are we going? Let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to Varsity. Uh, I agree with the first part, but not the second part. We can skip the Varsity. What is that? What are we talking about? The restaurant. We can get the best chili dog sandwiches on the East Coast there. Uh, I need to go to Fox Brothers, get some good barbecue. 
Or there's a really good old place steakhouse that DB took me and uh, Marco and Smeggy to when we were doing the NRA show. It's pretty ball, pretty baller. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's also supposedly one of the biggest gun shops down there in Atlanta. Now that I don't know. I have no idea. DB's always talking about, or he was always talking about it. And then uh, isn't Glock right there? Uh, that's a little yeah, they're down there in Smyrna. It's a good, good little piece. Oh, whatever. Just a, compared to the rest of the country, it's just right there. Yeah, right. you say that so you get in a lot of traffic. Doro, were you here the other day? Yeah. So are you going to keep the same one or are you doing something different? Where are we going? We'll do something different. Um, we're going to go to Nevada to go to Rifle Dynamics, and then we're going to go to the island with Dano. Oh, heck yeah. Let's do a Rifle Dynamics build class all together. And then go to the, the Uncharted Island, the Mystery Island. Uh, uh, flying in a military airplane carrier, whatever those are called. Al, what is this you're finding? Are you found? So you mentioned Colorado, or I mentioned Colorado, and you said, what are we doing? Well, specifically, Shooter's Grill <laughs> in Rifle, Colorado. Armed waitresses, cool. <laughs> you guys heard about this? Remember, they were like they had like a thing. I think maybe a year or two ago, they hit the news and they made a big thing about it. All the girls carry, open carry. I think I remember seeing the video about that. Like a little local news station covered it. Well, I think what I'm going to go for is uh, the Vegas. So. uh Money's no object. Everybody can get there. Maybe instead of just saying Vegas, we buy some sort of property there, either uh, an old casino or just some big building or something so that it's kind of like timeshares, gun channels, timeshares, except you don't have to pay nothing for them because price no object, right? That way, when people show up, we got some kind of some sort of arrangement with maybe like Battlefield Vegas or one of those places where we just get unlimited shooting and we can do all our recreational fun and around. Uh, bragging or competitions and stuff at these rental places. They'll just have to shut down when we show up and uh, get scooted around in their Humvees or whatever cool vehicles they've got. And then we got Vegas to enjoy. And there's certainly some outdoor ranges around there. So I'm going to stay with that one. And then that way we've just got like a permanent HQ in Vegas. Obviously when SHOT Show happens, we're all covered. Change mine up from yesterday. Hmm. I'd go. All right, so we're gonna let everybody vote on those, and uh, I don't know what else we got tonight. Oh, gun shop of the day. Let's see what we got in here. Okay, so the shop today is called Shipton's Big R, and I think this was the one in Fart. I gotta remember now. I know it's in like uh, Fargo, North Dakota, I think. Is it opening up? Uh, Billings, Montana. Oh, okay. I'm thinking the wrong place. So, or no, I am thinking of this one. Billings, Montana. I got the wrong thing in there. This was in Fargo, North Dakota. So I gotta set. The, I gotta fix this. Uh, we talked about this one before. Does anybody remember this one with the Ferris wheel inside? Oh, I got the wrong pictures up. That's what it is. Is it Shields? Yeah, Shields is what I'm looking at the pictures of. So that's why I've got it conflated or whatever. So yeah, we've got one in Kansas City. It's awesome. 
So, well, we were going to talk about Shipton's. That's basically a, a ranch store, you know, like uh, stuff for stables and all the different nylon and leather stuff you need for horses and the blankets and everything. They had all the different card hearts that you could ever want for like cold weather and hot weather. Uh, pretty much a hardware store except like ranch hardware. But then they had a massive gun section that was kind of hidden in the back. So it was awesome. You could kind of walk through this kind of interesting, you know, tack or what, I don't know what those stores are called, ranch store. And then uh, as you kind of walk towards the back as the store kind of keeps opening and opening and bigger and bigger rooms back there, you turn a corner and there's this giant gun area. And uh, they were pretty cool. They were hanging out with the people that were buying stuff or whatever, doing their business. And they let me take some pictures. But uh, here you're talking about the ones I actually have the pictures up here of. And that's a different shop. And this one is, I got the pictures of Fargo, North Dakota, but you got one there also? Yeah, there's one in the on the Kansas side of Kansas City. I've been to it. It's huge. Is it this big, this kind of scale? Like two or three stories tall or whatever it is? Yeah, because it's got the Ferris wheel in the middle of it just like that. Oh, okay. And I know that they have like six stores or something, but I only stopped at the one. Shipness must be a, a subsidiary of Big R, because Big R is actually a chain. No, no, no. I have it labeled wrong for sure. It's this place is called Shields. Ship Shipton's is a chain also, but it's a small it's like a ranch store, not a big department store like this. But I don't know where all Shields is. Or I mean where all Shipton's is. Yeah, is that big R logo is the yeah. same logo that's used on, on, on the on the the uh franchised one. There's actually one in about thirty miles from me. It's and it's a ranch it's a it's a farm store. Yeah, kind of like uh, Farm and Fleet used to be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Except a little smaller, I think. But uh, okay, so that's interesting. So these shields, though, they I guess are this large. I wonder if they're all that large. Actually, I know they're not because I ended up going to one on the Minnesota side of the. I don't know if it's a river there or what it is, but um, that one didn't have guns. So I came over to this one, and wow, did it have guns! So you're saying it's as big, Gary? Did did it have like guns, like a uh, at least as big as a Bass Pro or a, uh, uh, well, I guess what used to be a Cabela's, right? Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, a lot of other stuff besides, I mean, it was a sporting goods store besides that. But yeah, at least the better part of the upper deck of it was guns clear on one end. Now, the guns weren't very cheap. They were kind of pricey, but they had lots of them in there. And what I thought, I don't know if I'm going to have a picture of it in here, but I took a picture of like these um, like waist high little stands or counters, I guess. And uh, you could, you could, it was obvious if you brought a gun in to be worked on like an AR or something, then they had all the tools you'd like, kind of like little gunsmithing stations, I guess you could call them. Like say about waist high kind of almost like a toolbox on wheels, except nicer looking. So it matched with the store. But uh, all the tools and little clamps and a vice and stuff that you'd need to, like, set up a scope or, you know, do whatever little armory type of stuff you might need to do. Which is kind of cool for a shop that's all fancy like this, you know, to have it where you could just bring your gun in and they actually work on it. Right there in front of you, too. Does the one that you go to uh, have all this taxidermy also in a big airplane? Yeah, I think it does. So I haven't been there in a year or two, but had a lot of stuff in it and i love the way they display their guns now this one also had a weird thing like this thing here is a mannequin or like a fake uh 
president, I forget which one, like Truman or something. And then out front, they had these big brass like Reagan and Lincoln and Jefferson. Did they have anything like that going on? I don't remember that. And then, I'm like, not saying it's not there, but I don't remember seeing it. They have one like in this big opening where the Ferris wheel and this airplane and stuff are. They have this, uh, you can kind of see here's one, here's another one. They're kind of around, here's another one. And there's like a little sign there. And it's supposed to, you know, they look kind of creepy. They're really authentic, like a wax museum type of thing. And this little card or place card thing here is going to tell you all the different stuff, you know, about the president or what, what he's writing or, you know, his, I don't know, whatever. I didn't read them all, but I imagine that'd be neat for if your kid or whatever, or taking your kid around to a shop or whatever, instead of just being bored, they can go over and actually learn something. It's kind of cool. I never would have known something like that existed until uh, I went to the one on Minnesota and there was like no guns there. So I'm like, well, I might as well stop at the other one. I figured it was going to be exactly the same. And it was the first one I went to was like all like fleece jackets and snow boots and maybe skis and but like clothing, like for jogging and stuff. Like just Looks like there's one in Nevada and there's one in Utah. Ozzy's saying he's been to a Shields in Springfield, Illinois. Though Tony might have been to one. Texas, one in Texas, South Dakota. <clears throat> so we got Ozzy voting for Dano. <laughs> Everybody likes Dano's idea. Welcome to Fantasy Island. But I so said you could take my boat to get to it. So you could kind of incorporate the two ideas. I if like I get that. To an island and I see somebody like Dan standing there and saying that, I'm getting back on the boat. That way, instead of having riding a plane and, you know, pack all your guns up, you could actually, you know, just have them be playing with them while you're waiting to get to the island. And then you see some little guy say, Boss, the plane, the plane. The boat, the boat. <laughs> Goes to saying, by Cancun. Where is that? Mexico? Is that an island or like a beach? It's on the mainland. Yeah, Cancun's in Mexico. I like the idea of buying a big chunk of Mexico. So if we go to Dano's Island, do we have to, do we have to shoot nine millimeter? No. Shoots <laughs> whatever. Only if you see G webs. Because apparently so, to him that they, they don't do anything, so he's our our test subject. Don't be shooting me. Uh, Steven saying I've been to the Shields in Kansas City, didn't know it had guns. Interesting. Yep. I wonder if it's like what I was saying, where they they had the one basically like two miles from each other. Fargo's not that big. And uh, the one was just all jogging clothes, like shoes and things. Windbreakers. But a lot of them, like a really big store with just that stuff. And it took me a while to walk all around and be like, the hell and I went up finally and asked and they're like, Oh no, we don't have guns here. All right, well that was our gun shop of the day. One of the reasons we do this show daily is because we want to feature a gun shop every day. And uh, you can help with that. Um anytime you like we just did here, we can talk about shops that are chains and talk about the different differences between the locations or if you've got a shop that you've been to that was interesting or historic or old or unique somehow let us know you can email me at uh, dailygunshow at gmail.com or contact anybody on the panel we all pretty much are active online in various ways and uh, 
can uh, talk about your shop. Let's see. We also have a, a gun of the day. It's a, a 44 revolver. Am I still screen sharing? So I'm going to grab that off of the Instagrams. This is uh, when I would hang out at Bob's Gun Shop. We would, uh, you know, I take pictures, and so I do. And I did that stuff way before the internet or before YouTube and all that. And I would just take pictures and post them on the forums or whatever. And it's fun, right? I like taking pictures of guns. So uh, he had a whatever this is, Smith and Wesson 69.6, I guess. But I have this box of 44 Magnum uh, from Smith and Wesson. So one time I just brought in a bunch of my Smith and Wesson ammo and then took a bunch of pictures with his guns. So that's what this is. And uh, I think it's neat. Did you guys know that Smith and Wesson made ammo? No, I did not. No, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I've got uh, 44, 357, and 9. Maybe another caliber, I forget. And uh, the boxes are all in this condition. I think maybe 80s-ish when it was around. So you're saying 9mm is worth something then? The fact oh. that you're holding on to it like this? No, no. I have to wear rubber gloves and it's like... <laughs> they, they just crumble after all these years. <laughs> like a, a fragilist bone. <laughs> But you, yet, you still have it. That's amazing. I do. I have lots of 9 millimeters. I probably have more 9 millimeters than anybody in this panel, if you want to get down to it. I did own a bunch of 9 millimeter guns at one point. I just also inherited or was able to buy a lot of 40. And I like 42. And then I have a bunch of 45 also, for some reason. Anyhow, uh, let's talk about this gun. A Smith & Wesson 69... No, 629-6. 44-magnum. I'll just quickly go left to right to get an idea of who's in favor of this. Uh, you're getting this gun, but not free. You have to give away a gun that you'd like. So you'd, you'd ha And it doesn't matter which one you're giving away, but you know you'd have to lose something to get this gun. So it's not just a freebie. Are you still going to take this one over something you got that you like, Al? Nope. Okay. Uh, ballistic? Uh, yeah, if I still have my Glock 34, I would have traded it and probably plus cash for it. I don't even know if you get to choose the gun that you're taking, but okay, Dead Horse? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll give up any one of my Glocks for that. You don't, so, I don't know. We don't need to know the gun, so there might be something more to this. But, uh, Gary, would you give up a gun for a 629? Yeah, none of my guns are worth anywhere near what that's worth, sure. Okay, Dano? Done deal. Wow. Woods? I'm going to go with the Gary plan. None of my guns are worth that. What's that worth so easy? You're going to take the bad subject here. Sarge? Yeah, I'm in. I'll trade. Okay. And Zorro? See. Right. <laughs> I guess that was a pathetic one. I guess I was expecting to see more diversity, but uh, all right. I feel so insignificant. We're all sellouts. <laughs> I don't know if I would either. I mean, I've, I don't know if I've got guns that I value more or that are more valuable, but I think I have guns that I value more, and I don't know. I'm just not down to a shit ton of them, but I mean, I would definitely just throw any shitty gun I've got into a pile to have one of these. Would you go out and actually spend a lot of money on one of these? Do you guys like uh, the idea of a big stainless 44 Magnum six shot? Or is that too big a gun to have around? I want to get a 44 Magnum. Yeah, I want one to play around with reloading and to hunt with. So I have a 44 mag, but I'd rather have that one. Yeah, what do you got? It's a Taurus. Yeah, these things are just night and day. You've, you've fiddled with these before, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're so solid. I don't know. Is this the Dirty Harry or something? I don't know enough about them. I mean, 
I'm guessing it wasn't a police. Well, movie. it depends on how nerdy you want to get as far as, well, it was filmed with the 41 Magnum, not the 44, and blah, 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 blah. But did he have a stainless? I thought he had a big blued gun. I don't really remember. Uh, it, uh, yeah, you're right. right. I thought it was blued. Yeah, yeah it was, blued. was blued. Yeah, it was blue in the barrel. It was a model 29. 29-something, yeah. And it was the barrel was longer. Okay. That's seven inch barrel or something. But this one in a that size barrel, does the six mean six inch barrel? Yes. Oh, okay. See, I'm learning something. And then uh, the six shot 44, man, this would be a fun gun. Like that thing's going to shoot forever. It's never going to, you know, the gun isn't going to break apart from shooting 44 out of it. And uh, it's kind of heavy. I don't know if I'd use it for anything more than hunting, but I think it'd be a super fun. Neglect is the only thing that would ever make that gun uh, perish. And it would really be a while because it's stainless, right? So yeah. now, uh, does anybody have any idea what this thing costs in real life? Um, what, what, what decade are we talking? Now? Now I'm talking, yeah. Maybe two grand. What? Oh. No, like 700 to 850. Yeah. I'd say uh, 900. If you buy it brand new the box from a big box gun store, probably. <laughs> About $750. I don't know. I could think of worse ways to spend $700 worth of gun money. It's a fun gun. Shoot. I've definitely shot him a bunch. All right. Well, that's our gun of the day. I just figured I'd uh, start doing that, and I'll uh, try to remember to do it when we're uh, actually live, right? So um, anything else? Anybody uh, got any other topics that we want to chat about before we head out? Crickets. As quiet as ten people ever. Send me, send me some bullets to shoot. You know that Boost is him out. He now, right? the, yeah, he, he had the gun that I was looking at. Yeah, just call Foose. You said you talk to him almost every week, so you're in the know. You don't have plausible deniability. Just whip out your credit card and call it a done deal. No, no, I need, I need projectiles. I'm picky. I was loaded myself. Oh, you're a snob. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, so so it's not send me some ammunition. It's send me some particular ammunition. Otherwise, I don't want it. Yeah, 125 grain millimeter or 180 grain 40 cal. Or oh, 308 man. bullets from our recently acquired 308 Winchester. By the way, do you, are, you, are you using a guide up there for that upcoming sh uh, hunt? No, nah, it's just over-the-counter tags. My dad's been hunting that area for the past about two or three years, so he has a good idea of Play the land. So is that uh, like lease land, or how does that work? No, it's over the counter. So the state manages it. You get to pay for a, a non-resident tag. They only draw so many. So if more people apply, then how many tags are? Then I may not even get to go. So you do you know for sure if if you have a tag yet or not? No, I'll be coming up in about a week or two now. I have to be the deadline. They do it pretty early, so I'll apply. And they make you pay up front, and then, of course you don't get the tag. They just refund your money right back to you. It's pretty quick. Oh, okay. I was going to ask just that question if they had you put a deposit down. Yeah, you pay for the whole tag in full. So I've, I've heard from, from some guys that live in Alaska that, uh, and I don't know if it's just for certain types of game, but uh, like like bears uh, as an example, on certain certain zones, you have to go in on a lottery, you have to pay ahead of time, and if you don't get picked, you also don't get your money back. That sucks. Yeah, some states do it. Every state does it different. Uh, but not not in Wyoming. 
So, so size-wise, what what is a uh, a typical elk that people size-wise? My body size. Wait. Yeah. I mean, uh, they they look huge. I think the, but, I think the, know, bulls, the, the bulls get around to eleven hundred pounds, maybe twelve hundred, but usually more commonly, I guess, around the thousand mark. And then a cow, I think, is you know around that seven hundred, eight hundred pound mark. Okay, so, so I'm assuming that's not dressed. Yeah, it's live weight. Because yeah, I can't imagine how many sleds you would need to bring just to get that weight out. Yeah, I imagine you probably get about 250 pounds of meat off of one, off of a cow elk. Maybe He's a little more. It's more than that, no? Well, it depends on if you keep the ribs and stuff like that. Okay, so are you guys walking and glassing and then having to drag it out? Or do you like four-wheel or what do you guys do? Yeah, so it's pretty open. There's roads that go through the units we hunt. But you want to have like an off-road beat beat up truck, you know. You don't want to take your nice new fancy truck through it. So my dad, he actually uh, tows his little Toyota out there behind the big truck, and they'll drive around and get as close as they can to the areas they want to hunt. And of course, they'll get out and walk. And uh, you can hunt down low where it's, there's not much. You're not really in the mountain ranges, which is a lot easier walking. But a lot of the game is more up in the mountains. So if you want to rough it, you can hike up in the mountains. And I mean, you'll spend a whole day up there, half a day, just trying to get into position but uh yeah you walk in the glass yeah because that makes all the difference if you're in terrain and you got a quarter it or even more to get it out of there then you're walking back and forth it'll probably be cold enough to not be worried about it but you gotta worry about a critter and yeah it really depends on how it works out because like this last time they went him and two buddies went and uh i think it was one of the mule deer they shot or maybe it was his elk maybe it's mule deer but they shot it on a hill and the truck i mean they had hiked all up that hill and uh, the truck was down, the, like, in the valley. And they just rolled it all the way down the hill. For, like, a long ways. I think it was, like, you know, half a mile or something like that. But it was all downhill. So <laughs> they just kept turning it over, letting it roll. So are they using just old fire fire roads? or? or... I'm not really sure about that. I think they're just roads that maybe the whoever manages the land put, put in. Timber roads? And there's not much timber out there where we're at. It's on the, uh, the east side of montana it's right on the line actually i'll be the elk tag i'll get will actually be for wyoming it's a lot cheaper and there i think there's more elk in that area on the wyoming side is what my dad said what he saw but. so qu quick question how does somebody you know from, from the east where ranges are always short practice for long distance shooting yeah find a range that shoots long range there's one here about an hour from me it goes about to 800 yards so i'm going to be making a trip there probably sometime this summer when I get my gun all set up and my ammo work load worked up, just get, good, get really good at a hundred or two hundred, whatever you got. But as long as you're, you know, really good at those ranges, you're not as bad out at distance. Yeah, if you're using an adjustable scope, all you gotta do is just know your dope and know, uh, make sure your ammo, of course, is consistent. Yeah, but doing one and two hundred yards is not transferable, and then I'll, I think I'll be okay at eight hundred. No, no, definitely not. You gotta shoot that range before you go out there and try to shoot. An animal that range. Wouldn't it? I'm not sure if this math works out, but if you shot four times at 200 yards, that's the equivalent of shooting once at 800 yards. <laughs> Is this like your nine millimeter math? I'm just trying to say that you can still get some practice in. All yeah, right, so you're in my rifle at 200 and uh, go out from there. Let's see who's got something next. Today's Thursday, right? So 
do you have a, do you got a Sar Sarge had a show already today? Do you got a show Saturday as well, or is that an either or? It's either or. It depends on what I'm working. I got work nights this weekend, so nothing okay. for me this, this weekend. This was your show for the week, just before this one. Yes, catch that over on Sarge's channel, and then that means Gary's will be the next show, I suspect, because Tater's not in here tonight. So you already sent out a link. That was just show interest. That wasn't with topics. Correct. And Could you possibly wild. more be more uh, <laughs> so energetic? Maybe he doesn't show any. Maybe he's choking on something. Somebody Heimlich him. I mean, yeah. I mean, your energy is overwhelming, Gary. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm starting a new show. If anyone would please watch it, I would greatly appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Friday nights, time. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, Foul Territory. Check it out on the gun channels, or if you must, watch it on YouTube. Please don't hate me. All right. So well, then. You won't hate me. Tomorrow <laughs> after that. And they then. As long as I watch. Then we got uh, Travis on Saturday, or did he say something about missing a week or something? Is he moving, traveling, or something? I think he's out hunting with Sandhills, isn't he, this weekend? He said he was going deer hunting, and then he said the show may be a little bit delayed. That's what but I then I heard tonight that he might be doing it live from his deer blind. So I don't know. It's going to be on Saturday at some point. Saturday morning. That's what he said. Is It's still going to be a show, just maybe not at the same time, right? That's what it was. Yeah. I'm glad that, guys. I enjoyed it. Hope I'll be back soon. Yeah, thanks for jumping in, man. All right. Good night, Ballistics. So he just jumped out. Or he's jumping out. I should probably. I'm not screen sharing. Am I? I'm going to go over here. And uh, one of the things we talk about occasionally is what people's member number is over on Gun Channel. So it's basically a giant user system. So that means there's some database somewhere. Night Strike's in charge of. So uh, you know it'll have all the numbers in there, and that means you got a number somewhere. That's how databases work. So uh, it's just going to go in here and take a look and see what his. Anybody want to care, care to guess what ballistics? Uh, the number might be three hundred and something. I guess I'll do it this way. The audience, of course, this is supposed to be an interactive thing, and you guys have been participating quite a bit. So we'll take some guesses here, and we'll let the somebody record it, I guess, as they're saying it, and then we'll let the audience go high or low. So whatever the range is in here, we'll let the audience take the top or the bottom, depending on what they want. And then we've got two audiences, right, on channels? So, Al, what are you thinking? Ballistics, member number over on gun channels. 38. Oh, thanks. I, I can't tell you because I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, okay, so he's cheating. So dead cheating. Horse. Yeah, dead horse. I said, uh, what, like 300 and something? Okay. Well, come on. You can't say three something. Like, like 364. Okay. Gary? 45. Dano, what'd you say? 38. Okay, so now we're 38 to 360 something. Woods? Um, 100, and I'm writing them down. Okay. Large, got any guesses? What was the question again? <laughs> the guy that just left was one of the original Gun Channel's crew, and uh, I just was for shits and giggles asking people if they want to guess what his member number over on Gun Channel's is. Oh. I will say 99. Okay. 
you pull in the prices right on them. And then Zoro, what do you think? Twenty-five. Oh snap! So Zoro's at the Ooh. low end. And then we'll see what the, we'll give them a second for the thing. Now you guys get to pick. What is the range? Fourteen to three sixty-five. Who said fourteen? What did Zoro say? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Twenty-five to three sixty-five. Yeah, three sixty-four. So they got either the high end or the low end to pick one. But uh, now I'll just give them a second there for the lag. Does everybody know their member numbers now? No. I don't remember. I wrote it down. I don't I don't remember mine. I remember mine. Oh. Three in here. Gary five five seven zero. Okay. Large is five eight nine four. We got Zoro. Is uh six three nine two. Else we got Woods. Is six three six five. And who are we missing? Al. Where's? Kind of do them 3312. Your 3312 dead horse is. Oh, here he is. 1134. And Dano. Should have had another one. Why isn't. Oh, I gotta put Dano in there, maybe. Is it an O or a zero, Dano? It's an O. Oh. Dano is 67. So now we'll go out to the thing and nobody's saying up or down on either side. So anyway, I think I slipped it when I said it. It was like 14, right, Al? Right. Yeah. Ballistic was like probably the first couple of days when we built the thing. He was in the original chats when we were getting sick of like the Google's push to Google+. Plus. I'll have to do that on a Monday. I went recently through my Google Plus over the holidays here and like trashed out all the crap that was in there. It took a while. There's not an efficient way to do it. I don't know anybody else that might have set up a Google Plus back in the day, one of those Google Plus communities, how they tried to force us to do. And uh, they literally forced us to do. And it's been sitting over there festering. It was just full of like all this foreign spam and garbage and stuff. And then a bunch of people that were just posting weird, you know, sales for guns and stuff. And I'm thinking, Soon, soon as Google would have saw that, they probably would have freaked out seeing you know stuff linking to gun sites or whatever. So it took me a while. I had to like manually delete it like sixty at a time. It took forever. So I'm probably going to address that some Monday. Make, I don't know if anybody's got one of them Google Plus accounts hanging out open, but I eventually figured out how to shut it so where nobody could post anything without me knowing first, or like it alerting me so I could basically decide to delete it first. But, uh, so I, hey, I got some member trivia for the audience. So you had the first two accounts, right? Who was the first member besides G to have an account on gun channels? We've talked about it before, so. That would be the guy that helped him put it, put it together. Nope. It's a different dude. You know him. Everybody knows him. And he's the third member on more than that platform. You mean it wasn't Dave? No, he was like seventh or some shit.
In fact, we talked about them today. We talked about them in this chat earlier. I'm going to go with Hosh. No, we don't think we talked about Hosh. And Hosh was right away, though. I already shut my window there. Yeah. Marco. Nope. D.B. Cooper, whoever this is on the YouTube side, figured it out. D.B. Cooper. You the only there? reason I wasn't sooner is because somebody just mentioned it like haphazardly back in the day, and I'm like, well, what's this thing called gun channels? Nobody said anything to me. Oh, yeah, we talked about it in the chat, and like hours later, gun channels existed. I don't fart around. <laughs> and then we started letting people in after maybe. Yeah. I don't know, and it's like, like suddenly I'm at the end of the line. <laughs> But yeah, it was a massive pile because, like I say, we just sort of set it up. It was around for maybe a day or two, and then I was like, all right, let's open the doors. So there's a whole bunch of people. Like It was like two or three days, if I remember right, and then all of a sudden there's like a whole bunch of people in like one day. I think they ought to be renumbered for, for, for and, and to take out the people that haven't been logged on, let's say, in over a year, and then I should get, be issued a new number. I'm going to let... I'm going to default to Al. I would suspect there's got to be a whole art and talent to database management, and I'm barely aware of it, not at the level of being like having the finesse to fiddle with databases that are that level. I'm just thinking there's got to be a way I can get lower than 67. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it does some sort of thing where it kills the numbers when somebody leaves or you know kills their account or whatever, like that number goes with them so that it doesn't screw up the whole thing. So it's not like they shuffle down or anything. Right, but then they're kept as, as blank spot holders. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even sure why I like to say I'm not at that point. Although my number is 67, there are not actually 66 people using gun channels ahead of me. No, and if I had time, that'd be kind of neat to sometime go through and figure out, like, of the remaining members who still have memberships or whatever, like, what, what order we're in. Because it would be different. You'd probably be, like, in the top 10, I'm sure. Anyway, that's a little reminiscent, and like I was saying, at first I had this room open for a while. I was watching uh, this incredibly awesome movie. I'm not going to even, I shouldn't even talk about it because we've been going for a while. But uh, Matt talked about it the other day, and I'm, so that got me curious, and I saw it. So I've been watching it, and it's on Netflix, and it is freaking awesome. So uh, anyway, nobody was in here, so I thought I was going to be uh, just running the chat by myself, and I was going to play... Uh, chat number one. I found that when I was digging around trying to. I guess I can talk about that. It's my show. I was farting around with the, uh, the actual show's website, right? Daily Gun Show, and uh, and I noticed that I didn't really have a good main page on the show. I never on the paid website. I never really paid attention. So I had written on there, you know, since March 2016. But anyway, I decided to go back and. Uh, fill out some stuff and I found the uh, original show and I just stuck it over on Gunstreamer. So if anybody wants to watch the first time on March, I think it was March 6th or something, March 8th, 2016, when me and Bob sat down, I think it was like at noon or nine in the morning or something and started talking about we were going to start doing a show every day and uh, kind of weird to listen to. I, for me, it was weird to listen to, but I only listened to the first couple of minutes because I don't like listening to my own shows. But at some point, if you guys are interested, I was thinking I'd play the show and do it sort of a mystery science theater where we just can pause it and chat about stuff, but kind of see if we're still on the track that we started with and kind of where we started from. So uh, give us some feedback, and uh, we'll perhaps do that in a future show. 
Right on. So uh, I was kind of going through, we kind of end, got off topic there talking about Tra uh, Travis's show, Caliber Corner, will be on sometime tomorrow. I don't think Rick has said anything about not doing his show, so he'll be on tomorrow afternoon, right? Unless anybody's heard any different, Rick does his show on Saturday afternoons. Um, did, is Snob doing a show? Is he still out there? Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, he said he's going to be on tomorrow night. Oh, why am I thinking tomorrow's Saturday? Yeah, I'm sorry. So, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. I, I apologize. You're correct. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah, I'm somehow it's, it's It's already Friday morning here. So uh, tomorrow it'll be the Friday shows, which we already talked about. It'll be Gary and then, well, is there a show before yours, Gary? Uh, yeah, budget is on, the, at least on the uh, on the schedule, it shows him having a show. I haven't been looking at email if he sent an email out. He usually sends them out early if he's doing a show. I think there's going to be a Friday night strike at 6P East as well. Yeah. So I need to get night strike to put it on the thing. I got Gary's show up there. So, yeah, we got budget guns of gear, and then our show will be back here tomorrow. Then I started talking about Saturday. So it uh, looks like Taters does have a show up now or a, a lobby open. So if you want to uh, hang out past this one, then head over to Gun Channels, and there's a... Uh, a live room open from Tater's Tater Tube. Did I miss anything? Anybody want to chat about anything else or mention anything before we head out? I got a new AR-15 lower. From the uh, PM State? Yeah, where's my, where's my thing there? Hold on. Did you the hell posted something about a $250 one on Instagram? No. There's my new AR-15 lower. Oh, start building. Those were a limited run or something. I figured it'd be fun the, to build one. They had the Christmas or the Christmas uh, the leg lamp ones from a Christmas story. I saw those. Yeah, that I like that one. Are you gonna do that yellow or anything with like color? But I don't quite know yet. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna build it. I'll probably put something in there. I think I'm going to build it into a 300 blackout rifle for my, my youngest one to shoot. I think we're going to fool around with it. He thought it was cool. So I think it's cool too. It'll be fun. I think that'd be neat to do in like a, somebody with knows how to do Cerakote, make it look like a tattered yellow flag and then color filled the critter, the snake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that see that now that would be a good idea. Like a battle worn looking kind of thing. Although with the cartoon thing, you could also go with more like the cartoony version. Mm-hmm. And the theme or something. Well, that's what ARs are fun about, and we're allowed to have fun with our property, right? All right, well, thanks, everybody, for joining. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And uh, tonight we'll have a lobby open during the day if you want to hang out there.